0: Special thanks to everyone who pledged money to crowdfund the show this week, including Matt Lacey, David Walker, Tim Edwards, Ilico Elia, Andy Hagan, Jamie Holland, Roland Roberts, Ian Wilkinson, Alistair Harding, Dan Lane, Ian Mercer and John Balshaw. There's a full list of our supporters on 361podcast.com, along with information on how to help us for as little as $1 per episode via Patreon. Hello and welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. My name is Ben Smith.
1: I'm Rafe Blanford.
0: And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is Season 14, Episode 4, and this week we're talking about our travel experience.
1: Ewan recovers from disaster with Amazon Prime Now.
0: Rafe gets excited about a QR code in a cathedral. And I want to talk to Alexa in my hotel room. Welcome back, chaps. How are you doing? Good
1: morning. Good, thank you. Fair to middling, even. Fair to
0: middling. That's, that, was, that was Danish in one ear and, and the most <laughs> English a man could be in the other. Hello. Not too bad. Oh, well, Eddie, Eddie T.
1: nothing wrong with being English, you say? There's
0: nothing wrong with being English, Rafe Blanford. You are I'm just, just the most English of us. Thank you. Uh,
1: you and MacLeod. Hmm. Nicer thing you said to me in a while, Ben.
0: I can see... The window behind you tells me yep. that as we record this, it is not gut morn or whatever it is you said to me in nope. faux Danish. It is very much the evening times there, which suggests to me that your Danish language comprehension has not come on quite as much as it might have done.
2: I'm doing quite well on my Memrise app, and I was able to point to vegetables on the menu today. Vegetables. Right.
1: Pointing. And what's the Danish, yeah, and then, what's the Danish then my for colleague vegetables?
2: Uh, Gron <laughs> Gronsag.
1: Okay. That
2: is what. No, 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 no. Gruntsag. Gruntsag. Right. Google it. Grunts. I don't know what you get. Grons- okay. Grons- Grons- or something. We will forgive yeah. you the pronunciation. It's a different pronunciation, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then uh, bread. broad.
0: Really? Did it take you long to work that one out? There you go. Come on. Yeah. Oost cheese. Anyway. So um, weather report yeah. in Copenhagen. Dark. Dark. Wow!
1: Insight. It's just terrific. <laughs> There's
0: no snow yet. There's no snow. But but I, I know, but, snow. but I have two problems with that. One is that dark is not a weather. Okay, just for clarity, uh, and just to be <laughs> absolutely
1: clear, 365 days a year. Actually, surprise enough, in the evening. It gets dark.
0: It's it dark. And second of all, that is the most useless piece of information we've ever conveyed on a podcast that's 95% useless information, is that at some unspecified point in the past, it was nighttime in Copenhagen. <laughs> so I'm sorry, okay, listeners, to have wasted dark, two, minutes, move
2: on, two yeah. minutes
0: of your life. Okay, before we start the podcast, any news this week? Ray Flandford oh, is making uh, a face. Netflix, Netflix. Oh, yes. Ever right. since
2: they have announced the download... Function. I have been using that regularly now. I'm now a big Netflix user as opposed to an Amazon user that now and again looks at Netflix and gets really annoyed because they've got their customer distribution strategy wrong. Grant.
0: Well, I'm not a Netflix customer, but I will be by the time this what? podcast airs.
1: And Why is that? What's the what's the change?
0: Brave <laughs> Blanford, interested.
1: Inquiring question. and
0: <laughs> <You're> McLeod, what? <laughs> wrong! <laughs> 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 Judgment. Okay vast majority of my TV viewing happens on the train. It's the only time right. I've got to watch telly. My train service doesn't have enough 3G, 4G, all the way down the thing to bother with Netflix. It just would have watch. So I'll just, I've got loads of other services. I use those. But like, you know, now you can download. There's loads of stuff mm. on Netflix I want to watch. Bingo. That's the yeah. way to unlock my wallet. And if I'd only ever wanted to watch at home, we'd be subscribers, like for definite. But I must have something that works offline. And I realize yeah. I'm a bit of an edge case, but, I don't think you are. Watching telly on the train is what I've got to do
1: well if you believe Netflix a few years ago you were in case because they said there wasn't consumer demand for it. That, that was just yeah. a lie I, because they didn't absolutely. want to deal
0: with because it's hard. It probably yeah. is hard to do downloads. Because
1: Amazon Prime did yeah. it. Yeah. You know, series like a man in the high castle, which I you know you and watch, you know, be able to mm-hmm. download it. Lovely. The one interesting thing to me is that they haven't really sorted out all the rights for this. So most of the content isn't actually downloadable. It tends to be their own series like yeah. The Crown, like House of Cards, but actually, which is frustrating, but I'm sure that's going to change in time.
0: Yeah, and it's good enough, because actually... There is good enough. There the is stuff, quite a lot. The yeah. stuff that I most want to watch is mostly stuff it, that is Netflix original at the moment, anyway. Right, get your
2: phones out. I'm going to show you what I've got on mine. Here we go, oh, Netflix. I, that's another really fascinating bit of
0: insight the listeners
1: really want to hear about. You and Netflix It This, this works
0: well on audio as well. Here, look at this thing. Oh, that's nice. Well done. Look at my one. My wow. downloads. a Roman Empire,
2: Reign of Blood. Right? Wow. Glad Sicario, do you know that one? Sicario. Yeah.
0: Can you read? Can you read this? Yeah. But as you're holding, so we've got the webcam on again, and we can see your McLeod's giant seven-foot orange head.
1: And then it's things like Shooter and Requiem for the American Dream. Basically, it's the Netflix queue of a serial killer, as far as I can make out. Yeah, actually,
2: it doesn't. <laughs> One, yeah. If it, yeah, about 80% on Netflix only. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Netflix um, yeah. But you,
0: you shouldn't really let us see that list because it doesn't speak well to your mental state. You know, if you, if you ever get arrested, we won't, we won't be able to be character witnesses now for you. Ralph Blanford, you were a subscriber. Right. Does the Blanford Manor have the Netflix?
1: Oh, absolutely, yes. There we go.
0: Grand. We'll move on then quickly. You, you're looking too smart for us to have finished. The, yes, the, the well, originally
1: one. I was very much against the Rayphopedia section because I felt that that felt like a bit like hard work for me. But we have got our first question, and I think it's a very good one, really.
0: Oh, you're, I'm just reading it here because he's handed me his phone. Well, first of all, I want to observe, observe you, McLeod. Many yep. months after the Android challenge finished, Rafe Blanford has finally adopted an Android handset as his primary handset. Oh. Yeah. too little, too late, Blanford. Which one is it? What one? That's the HTC, HTC. 10. Uh, new oh, yeah. HTC. Looks like an looks you're like so an iPhone. Blanford. Yeah. Okay, uh, you, McLeod, Oh, you're, you're going to love this. Strap right. in, okay? You right. On. So a friend of the show, Joey Fallon, has tweeted, and Joey. I'm not necessarily sure that you've, you've possibly understood the concept of what we were trying to get to with Rayphopedia. You know, the idea was we were going to test Blanford's knowledge, help examine some idea or technical thing that was hard to understand or was curious or novel, but we'll go with it. It's a good question, though. Well, Joey's been listening for a long time and, you know, fair play to him. He's written in and at 361 Podcast, that's us, at Rafe Blanford, that's him. Do you ever get tired of being called a posh boy by the Porsche driver? And the, I'll have the most expensive one, man.
1: (laughs) That's an excellent question, Joey. It might be a fair call. The the polite answer is, of course, I'm a bigger man. I rise above and I don't mind. And I realise it's actually a sign of the affection in which I'm held by my co-hosts, or at least that's what they always tell me when I complain about it. On the other hand, there is just every now and then, just this sense, it maybe crosses the line just a little bit. But then I have to remind myself that I am, in fact, incredibly fortunate and that yes i am a white male publicly school educated person from the south of england and actually have every advantage so I probably deserve everything I get
0: Yeah, you, you and, and I are, are the living embodiment of your middle class middle class <laughs> yeah, skills absolutely I, I was going to say lots of mean things about rising above stuff and being short but since you then went on to say nice things I think about us we should probably Sorry, just I, on.
1: I was kind of expecting it a bit disappointed you didn't just jump we in we love there. you Ray
0: there we go but if you've got an actual question rather than you a jibe then uh, please feel free to write in our us, and we, we're really looking just to sort of touch on um, any questions like things you've always wanted to know and um yeah if we if we can work out the answer we will do and uh, but we'll give Rafe blanford a little more time to do some research because he's giant brain okay mr blanford what are we talking about this week
1: so as we kind of kick off 2017 we thought we'd talk a little bit about travel and the impact that mobile has on it by sharing some of our stories from the past year. it's kind of a repeat of something we've done in a previous season
0: we've done loads but it feels like it's an area that's that's uh, evolving as we were talking about it beforehand it flows really naturally on from last week's episode, because we, last week we were talking about, oh, everything's going to be mobile first, and people's minds have changed. And now we're thinking, actually, here's an area of our lives where that is really materially obvious, you know, and increasingly so. Like, I feel like we talked about travel a year ago, there or thereabouts, and a lot of stuff is different.
1: It is, and I think travel as a vertical is one that is ripe for disruption by mobile. Not least because it is the thing that you do when you're moving about. Actually,
0: I'm going to start doing Rafe Blanford Subtitles for the hard of Understanding, which are, by mobile as a vertical, you mean phones, and right for disruption means is exciting. So basically, everyone, Rafe Blanford's just says pho- phones are exciting. Everything is fine. Everything is exciting. Awesome. <laughs> it is. It is. What are we going to talk about this week? Let's get into the bones of it.
1: So we're going to talk about some of the experience and the kind of the horrors we've had with travel, but also some of those delightful moments. And I think that will illustrate the potential of it. And we are also going to touch on some of the things that we think comes next and kind of, you know, where things are going next. So we're going to do a combination of amusing you with anecdotes and hopefully providing some insight about the future.
0: Wow, that's a big claim. Mild amusing. The 361 promises to mildly amuse you. Live. you and McLeod, as far as I can tell, you have barely been out of a plane
1: recently. Yeah, I mean, he just travels for work, right? Or is that work for travel? I can't really remember. Well,
0: My my understanding is that the Chief Digital Officer's job is mainly to fly somewhere in order to leave quickly because you've got to be somewhere else.
2: Well, I I have been doing a lot of travelling. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Most of that Do has you notice actually, how his
0: voice changes when we start to talk about his job? He yes. said, oh, there might be somebody <laughs> listening. I've got to be a grown-up now.
2: I've uh, I, uh, been travelling home a lot every right. week. You so have. I've been playing a lot, but that's usually down to me, going back and seeing the boys and, and uh, wife. Now, I did go to San Francisco recently, uh, to the Valley, and I had a standard misfortune. Wow. I lost a bag.
1: But you were a mobile first traveler, right? Just, just checking. I was a mobile. Everything swept.
2: was mobile. It was um, BA flight. So I'm a massive BA customer because of their app. Everything was perfect. I went mobile straight through, apart from the various different bits of paper you have to do to get legally into the country in there in America. Everything was fine until I got to San Francisco and realized there was only one bag. And it was the bag that had my company laptop in it, which was useful in that context. But the bag with all my clothes. Ah.
0: Yeah, that oh, was dear. still in London. Yeah. Welcome to the Chief the- Digital Officer of Nordea Bank. Yes, he's the man in the corner wearing a ThinkPad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, yes. So I did the usual. You go to the desk, go, hi, uh, look, my bag doesn't appear to have arrived. And I did the trick, by the way, and I like to recommend this. Take a photo of your bag. If you're, if you're putting it in the hole, take a photo of it. Right, Because they always say, oh, what's it look like? Is that in you case go, they don't know um, what a black Samsonite suitcase looks like? Well, no, no, because they go, does it have this? Does it have that? Does it have this? You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, don't know. Anyway, so they could see that the bag was tagged in London and I hadn't gone past London for whatever reason. Okay. The lady then handed me a toothbrush. <laughs> tooth, 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 <laughs> like your toothbrush consolation kit.
1: toothbrush. It's like, you were naked um, and hungry, but it's yeah, a
2: toothbrush. Keep any receipts. It was about half past seven on a Saturday night. So I knew, because I, I, I know the city reasonably well, I knew that most of the clothing shops would be, and, and just any, any shops would be closing by the time I got to downtown San Francisco. I just smiled at the ladies and said, no worries. And I immediately thought off...
1: Oh, Amazon Prime Now.
2: Yes, that's right. Amazon Prime Now. I Ubered, got myself a, a cab, and I went straight to the Amazon Prime account and swapped country to the US. I Got the hotel address, stuck it in and I proceeded to order some boxer shorts, some some white t-shirts because they're all a very reasonable price. I have to say on Amazon. Toothbrush, toothpaste, a big toothbrush, not the little kind of flimsy little thing they would given me. Shaving kit. And basically everything. I even ordered some water, which by the way, I do recommend doing. I like the bubbly water, sparkling water. <laughs> um
0: (laughs) you live in the high life i do like the bubbles in the water (laughs) when i I fancy a treat i have have to admit
1: when i've lost a bag my first thought is i really need my carbonated water
2: well i didn't have any in my bag i'm just saying because i was doing an amazon prime now i thought you know what i might as well instead of going to the hotel bar and paying premium I'll have them deliver It's, it's, it's much, really much easier to have a man on a
0: motorbike bring it across to the other side <laughs> of the city. It,
1: it just you do seem to have a fairly peculiar hierarchy of needs. I'm just, just thinking that a lot of other people will be thinking, mm, yeah. well, what else do I need? Maybe some socks.
2: <laughs> it seems like uh, you're, you're barefoot in pants no, I, I, and a white T-shirt no, this I stage. ordered some socks. Right.
1: you know Trousers, and... maybe.
2: Uh, well so i do? But anyway, I basically ordered a whole load of stuff and i was i completed the order and then watched the man arrive at more or less the same time as I did, so I checked in i put the one bag that did arrive i took that up to the room, and then I got the notifications to say my stuff had been dropped off at reception. Genius just went down, picked up the bags, went up, and I felt complete now, I know you might be joking with me here or winding me up or trying to wind me up on the basis of. Ordering some water and whatever, but that cool. That my experience... pants and
0: Perrier here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> actually, the, re- the only reason I, I, I did this because Amazon popped up a thing saying, "Oh, you might want some Perrier." Oh yeah, you're right. Actually, <laughs>
0: naked people like you also <laughs> ordered fizzy <busy> water.
2: <laughs> I did order. Well, so I uh, saw so t-shirts, box of shorts. I f- the I, bosses, like- I took a chance on them. I did XL like and drifted, they were huge. But anyway, at least it worked. We've drifted a well. long way away from the point here. But the, no, thing, the, point the, the, the thing was, was, was Prime that- now, Amazon Prime now helped me really feel a lot more complete than I would have done. I was able to just go to sleep uh, with a change of clothes. I then got up next morning. I'd given my existing clothes in to get cleaned for the next morning. It was very efficient, very effective. And the fact I lost a bag... <gasps> Oh, I forgot to tell you the other thing I did, the major issue I had with it, and you now, I hope you will both give me some credit here for this one. I forgot the other thing I ordered was an anchor USB hub and some lightning and some USB charging
0: leads so yeah, yeah, I'd
1: definitely put that above the uh, carbonated water, yeah, and right. indeed,
0: maybe even pants, so I mean yeah. if you're going to be naked, you want to be well charged yeah, absolutely yeah. now, I
2: did have my anchor. 32 on the, the, the biggest, biggest battery, and I knew I had that. I knew that would keep me going overnight if I needed it. But I also ordered the anchor charger as well, and that came and it had all my devices charging. Everything was fine because that was in the other suitcase. To be
1: well. fair, if you're going through 32,000 milliamp hour anchor battery, but I think you probably need to optimize the battery life on your, your phone.
2: Well, yeah. no, I'm carrying three devices and I'm, reg- I'm heavily using them, by the way, each device, and I've also got my iPad, and I didn't have any cables on me. Uh, I think I had one cable. I didn't have a USB cable. I just yeah. had the, uh, the lightning cable.
0: I mean, certainly the way that we travel has changed now with mobile. So we're going to do a similar thing. So as this episode goes out, we're probably just landing back from the States. We're going to spend New Year in the States, in Florida for our sins. And last time we traveled to the States, it was just a real pain because we've got the small boy And Mm. a lot of stuff. We were tending to go places that didn't have facilities. So we were bringing all the things we needed to bring. And this time around, it's a little bit wasteful, but for the £50 that we would pay in extra bags to bring uh, a cot for him and all those sorts of things. You're ordering a cot? So for $34, I can buy a travel cot from Walmart, which is half a mile from the place we're staying, and have it delivered to the store and pick it up as I drive past from the airport, yeah? Right. It would cost that every night to hire it from the people who we rent That's a very apartment good point. From. That's really cool. Yeah? That is really cool. And, wow. and okay. if I'm feeling socially responsible, I'll go and drop it off at you know one yeah, of the, the charity stores or something on the, way, on the way home, a yeah, good, local Goodwill on the, way, on the way home. Oh, that's a really good, right? That's a fascinating point you've made, right? But the, but the because, point is, well, I, I would not do that in the way, like, you know, the fact that Walmart sells things to children not revolutionary, yeah. the fact that I can live check stock and order it as we're travelling so that I know it's definitely going to be there is not just going to be a case of going to the store and, oh, sorry, we've sold out all of those th- things you critically need. It actually means now that that's a reliable service for me.
2: The point I was making was that previously has been a profit centre for the local organisation, the company that says, ah, oh, did you want a cot? And you go, oh, yeah, we would like a cot well, it's $35 a day. How's that? And you go, well, no choice. Okay. Yeah. But with the likes of well, the internet, with mobile, with this technology, you can access these services. And that, that, that's,
0: you've got almost, or you're near on perfect information, right? The other thing I'm doing is, I think I talked to uh, previously about my insurance and how, I mean, I, I haven't actually bought this mobile. But whenever anything goes wrong or whenever I'm hiring a car or whatever, I do comparison shop all my financial services in advance. So actually, I never buy the extra insurance from the hire car company. Yeah, um, yeah, I always yeah. And more importantly, I don't have to buy in advance. I can get to the desk, see what deal they'll offer me. And if they say, oh, we'd like to charge you 30 bucks a day for, you know, the collision damage waiver and all yeah. that extra stuff, then I can just onto my phone, into my app that I've already got, bosh, bosh, bosh add it onto the policy. And so the whole business now means that you no longer have me over a barrel because I'm stood at your counter away from a home. I have the power of the internet behind me and all of the things I'm buying, I always had access to before, but now I've got them in my pocket when I'm on my holidays.
2: Now, what are you doing? How long are you going for? Just over a week. So are you just going to use three for your internet? Because you know, you could hire a, or you could even get a pay-as-you-go internet connection.
0: Yeah, I, I might do. Um, I mean, the problem with the roaming service is like the three offers is that it's yeah. throttled. But actually, I'm an mm. EE customer on my main handset. I might just pay the fee and pay a, a daily mm. capped amount. It's expensive. You got Wi-Fi?
2: Where are you going to be? Yeah, yeah, there'll be Wi-Fi. You'll probably find them. Yeah. yeah,
0: but actually, it, it'll be fine. But I love the idea of no longer feeling trapped because, as you said, you know, like, the thing I need is objectively. Let's let's say you know a nice one. It's fifty dollars to buy a nice one, and it's twenty five dollars a day to rent it well, I'm going to end up paying hundreds of dollars for a $50 product. You know, so you, you no longer have me over a barrel.
1: Yeah, and I think that universal access to services anywhere at any time is definitely a thing that has changed travel because you're, you're removing those constraints. But for me, there's another thing. It's kind of that access to knowledge, which having a connected device on you all the time does for you. And you know, I've been traveling a little bit. I was in France and noticed the ability to rent a local guide kind of on demand and there's a couple of services that now do that i mean i think one of the most recently launched is zemo but i was at web summit and those kind of when you
0: you say guide i thought you meant like book but you mean mean i I
1: mean a a guide who will walk you around the city or around the okay that's uh, cool attraction and again it comes back to that immediacy that mobile offers and you know i've done it in washington and it worked really well and i've done it in other places and it kind of it didn't work because there wasn't the availability, but I can definitely see that becoming a, a, you know, that hyper-local that we talked about in the previous episode. That ability to connect you to people is really interesting. And I was at Web Summit and there were quite a few of the startups operating in this space. And it wasn't just local tour guides. It was also the ability to eat a meal in someone's home or take advantage of some service that they offered. And it's kind of the next stage, I guess, of Airbnb you know, taking advantage of all those things and then basically being more efficient in the use of resources. But there's also kind of something that can happen, I think, at a much better scale. And it's the fact that mobiles getting everywhere. We're seeing apps for, often for individual tourist locations that you can download or audio guides that you can download when you're in the museum rather than having to get the dedicated headset, which is always a bit complicated to set up. You can't quite get things working. Having it on your own device is great because you can throw it at your own pace. And often you've got both the screen and the audio working. And the one thing that really brought this home to me is I was in Pembrokeshire, which is in the west of Wales, in St David's Cathedral, so kind of this august institution. There's been a religious community there for 1,500 years. The current cathedral dates back to 1181, and it's an amazing place. It's when your family owned Wales, wasn't it? (laughs) It really is an amazing place. It's a beautiful city, and it's actually the smallest city in the UK and this cathedral... There's a brief
0: fact there for yeah, your fact it's, fans. It's,
1: it's lo- yeah, another great fact about St. David's. I they do got their cheese. I'm glad you led me into that. No, they don't have cheese for the cathedral, yeah. but they do do, I think, their own mead. But it's a beautiful cathedral, and it's at the end of a very long pilgrimage trail. And in fact, going to St. David's twice is the same as going to Rome, according to Pope Caxitus II, I think it was. And if you go three times, it's like taking a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. But the point I wanted to make was they had a QR code up in the nave of the cathedral that said, download our iPhone app and you can get this guided tour of the cathedral. And it was just that juxtaposition between this, you know, old building um, that actually had obviously a spiritual feel to it and this new technology and watching people go up to it and scan the QR code and start downloading the app. And it just really brought home to me just how widespread that has become. And fantastic, of course, because people get to understand the history of the building, the culture, that sense of that religious community, because there's also a Bishop's Palace next door. And you get an understanding and an explanation of it that you just couldn't get if you're just wandering around reading the kind of signs that are tacked up to the wall. It's
0: funny you say that, actually, because I I was in Washington a few years back now, and um, we went to the Air and Space Museum, and the audio guide there was interesting, but I really wanted to know more. And I ended up reading Wikipedia articles about the thing I was stood in front of.
2: Rafe, I just got a question for you about St. David's Cathedral, and that is, what is the most popular day?
1: Uh, St. David's Day?
2: Mm, uh, No, uh, of the week, of the week.
1: Well, probably a Sunday, I would imagine.
2: Uh, It's a Monday. And uh, what time of the day?
1: Have you been reading Wikipedia behind our backs?
2: No, no, I'm on Google. Isn't that amazing, right? Mondays. Mondays are the most popular time. uh, Uh, You're looking at
1: Google that now provides information about how busy a venue is at different points. I think, again, it's kind of information that they've got from people going in with Google Maps and Google location services turned on their phone. And they've done it for something like a cathedral. They also do it for retail outlets and restaurants and use it to identify what are the busiest times. And you're right, access to that kind of information is fantastic because, of course, in a place like that, actually, you probably want as few people as possible, ideally.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting that there's, I think there's something sort of in the way that you think about it, which is when the information is in your own hands, you expect to sort of navigate it yourself and be a bit more in control of the discovery. Whereas oftentimes those audio guides, they tell you
1: the story
0: in the order they want to tell you the story. And I remember going around hearing like the the history of flight and they tell you like, you know, here's the Wright brothers, you know, model of a plane and blah, blah, blah. And every bit of it was fantastic and beautifully produced, but it was wafer thin. It was very, very lightweight. And I'm stood there wanting to know more about this specific plane. And actually, by chance, it was one that, you know, we had some interest in because a colleague had flown it. And and I was like, oh, I want to know about this one because this is the one that he works on. And, you know, I got a paragraph.
1: And by being self-guided like that, you can be much more personalised. You're not having that big group experience that everyone else has. And I think, especially now when people, you know, emphasise the importance of experience and particularly on the individual level. That's something that mobile enables for travel in particular in a way that wasn't possible before. And you know, this extends to things like maps. You know, with the Ordnance Survey, get a map service. You can have any map anywhere for the UK, 1 to 50 or 1 to 25,000 for £25 a year. A similar service exists for France and some other European countries. That access to information is pretty much unprecedented and it definitely changes the way you, you do travel. I mean, I was in France and I was looking at basically Neolithic menhirs and tombs. I mean, it's a great place to go mm. if you want to do that kind of thing. Google that but, one.
0: Well, and, and if you do want to do those kind of things, <laughs> then Rafe has a special interest forum that you can join. Um, but, Neolithic and men here. Yes,
1: yeah, so... It's, you, it's, like, it's like wigs and shit. Sort of, Ben. But never mind, I'll, I'll talk about it later. And the ability to see these things and find them just wouldn't be possible without the yeah. benefit of having it all in a GPS and having it sort of something you bring up. I mean, it's kind of similar to geocaching, I suppose. But also the interpretation boards, they were all in French. And I know this is something that you've used as well, You and Google Translate, mm-hmm. that ability to suddenly be able to have a, effectively a Babel Fish in your ear.
2: Oh, I am using Google Translate a lot, especially because in the Nordics, you've got Denmark, right? And then if I, I was in Helsinki last week and- that I love these geography
0: lessons from you, McLeod. Rather,
2: um, rather different language. So routinely, I've got my phone out and I'm busy using, I like the scanning the real-time replacement tool, that is fantastic. I use that a lot.
0: I guess a breaking news, it's, okay. it, it is occasionally dark in Copenhagen and the Swedish people language. speak Swedish. Yeah, so it's very right, but it, but breaking news. See, when I
2: wasn't living in a different country, of course, I, I rarely had any use, obviously, for Google Translate. But now that I am able to use it and using it a load, I get so much value from it. It's, it's a fantastic tool, which oh. led me to think today, I'm really pleased that I've moved to Copenhagen No, and not five years ago, because five years ago, there was no Google Maps.
1: So if I may summarize, what actually I think mobile's done for travel is remove those barriers around language and remove those barriers around knowledge. And once you don't see them, you kind of forget how irritating they were. You think about going on holiday 10 years ago, you had to buy that Mitchell and Green guide in order to understand what was going on. Now you think nothing of sitting there in the morning doing your travel itinerary for the day and working out. You know, when's that museum going to be open? Can I book that restaurant? And it just, what it just happens. Staying? What hotel you're staying at, we underestimate quite how big an impact that has on how much you enjoy your holiday and your travel. Well, oh, I've
2: got another one. I just remembered I was, I was snowed in. I was snowed in uh, in Sweden recently. The, the lot, the, the what, what were you in snowed, snowed in? into? The bank? Uh, a museum. A museum. <laughs> there was an event happening. Uh, an off-site event. We we're all in this museum. I had to trape through the snow.
1: Can I just the check? Were well, you snowed in because you were wearing unsuitable footwear?
2: Technically, I was wearing unsuitable everything. And the Swedes were just looking at me, going, "What are you doing?" Well, I didn't know it was uh, snowing. You know, I, when I left my house in, <laughs> in Copenhagen, <laughs> did, did the white
1: stuff falling out of the sky not give you a clue? <laughs> no,
2: then obviously it started snowing. But then it, um, I didn't know Scandinavia
0: was in the north with snow. <laughs> How was I supposed to know when I flew More there?
2: snow fell, well, the most snow in 100 years fell. Nice. Um, and the snow was up to my knees. I had some rubbish, rubbish little shoes on. The Swiss were standing there at the end of this event. I said, look, how are you, how are you planning on getting home I, using my phone? The Orlando Express, which is a train that takes you from Central Station to the airport. That is not working. There are no taxis. There are no Ubers. There's nothing. How, what, what are you planning on doing? And they said, well, just going home. Right, thanks. And they were putting on these massive, massive snow suits, <laughs> these really big special boots that you put on over your shoes. And I said, well, I'll just get my rucksack. Hey, hey, hey. What I was able to do, though, because it looked rather dangerous walking, well, it was rather dangerous. I was slipping all over everywhere. I got Hotel Tonight, and I, I haven't used it for quite a while. But then I thought, well, oh, I wonder if Hotel Tonight can find me a hotel. I tried to phone the company's travel service, and what happened? It was closed. It was closed and the emergency number was... Engaged. Engaged. Thank you. Right, I couldn't do anything. I'm stuck, stuck there because you, you, the I company rules are... you were say are...
0: in Danish. <laughs> all right. You could things. say good morning and then <laughs> the conversation. quickly <laughs> morning. Yeah. 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 Oh, they well, I said good
1: morning. You must have a hotel for tonight then. <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: <Yeah. laughs> um, you can't
0: be in Sweden. It's nighttime there.
2: So myself and a colleague were, we're standing there in this museum. They're trying to close the museum. And uh, we're looking, what do we do? Because all the hotels are booked. Everywhere we'd phoned was fully booked. The travel centre, which, and that's what you're meant to do, you know, the corporate policy, you're meant to use them. That, that was fully engaged because so many people were phoning. Hotel Tonight, fantastic. Stuck in my credit card. It identified a hotel 300 metres away. Bang, booked it. It was fantastic. Great evening. Really enjoyed it. But that was enabled through very, very smart technology.
0: I think that that, though, moves us to the next thing I want to talk about, which is opportunities missed. Because you you pick up your phone, you have this great or or better experience, but it solves a load of problems. Mm. But there are still times that it's jarring that it doesn't work. And for me, for example, hotels is a prime example. Because now I walk in my home, I talk to Alexa. She doesn't yet turn lights Ah. on and things like that, but she can. She does the entertainment. She tells me my travel plans. She times the cooking. The voice assistant is a very natural way to do this. And not just for me with my tech nerd hat on, but, you know, even visitors, like we we, we were showing off the other day and even visitors came in and we explained how it works. And I was like, oh, well, you do. Could we, could we, like, should we put some Christmas music on? And one of our visitors say, you know, Alexa, Alexa play some Christmas music and Bosh, Christmas music. And it was great. You know, we were enjoying ourselves or whatever. But now I walk into a hotel and you play that game of, I'd like to go to sleep now. I'll turn the lights off. Oh, uh, but there are still some lights on. Well, I'll go click, hunting click, for all the click, extra switches. Click, yeah, click. and am I turning them off? Is there have I missed a button? And the point is, it's a place where I don't know the user interface, and it seems apparently it see it is impossible to design a good user interface. You know, the so or a few standard one. Yeah, so few hotels manage to make the business of turning lights on and off, turning the TV on and off, setting an alarm, all those sorts of things, you know, easy to do, and so. You know, it makes me think, well, but voice is the perfect way. Mm. There's no, it is like a universal interface. And I think that there's a huge opportunity there to take that relatively rapid advance that we've all had in our homes by shelling out, you know, 100 quid, 150 quid for what is effectively a novelty for most people at this stage. And applying it at scale i mean when you were in london you used to stay in that hotel that was completely controlled by a mobile app you in and like, oh I'm yeah forgetting the name. yeah that
2: the, the premier Inn one
0: what, what's the name of what's the brand
2: was it square oh yeah yeah anyway,
0: look, look it up, look it up while we're talking yeah. but um yeah. you know there's a brand new and that, that the room had an app i said well yeah. why doesn't why doesn't that happen
1: and i think you could apply the same to the other i mean like car rental for example and you know, so much of user experience is based on what's familiar to you. And when you're in an environment where it's something different, actually what should be familiar is the voice interface. And even if that is a little bit more complicated than some of the other things, it's familiar enough that it's quicker than hunting around for all those switches. So actually voice assistance. You know, I think it needs to happen in the home and maybe on your phone for people to get used to the idea of that what you can use it for, but absolutely, you know, in the hotel room, in your car, rather than searching around for how do I turn the wipers on or the heating or whatever it is, that absolutely makes sense to me. Hub. Uh, Premier Inn
0: hub by Premier Inn, really cool, very nice. Yeah, I mean that's uh, still a new brand, and it's not universal. And lots of hotels now, particularly big chains in the states, will let you go straight to your room and, and mm, check in mm. with your with your handset. But there's a there's a whole you know you're away from home opportunity there, and then the things that I mean, like Rafe was talking about the. Going to a very, very old tourist attraction and seeing them make that place accessible. And if you can make a 1500 year old cathedral more accessible with the use of something you already had in your pocket, how you can't make a hotel, which is generally, you know, three or four years since it was last refurbished, more accessible. The the one you're saying about cars, though, the other thing is that we haven't yet got to the point where higher cars have Android Auto or CarPlay in. And I'm perpetually clipping my smartphone to the dashboard of my hire car to do everything, you know, sat nav, journey planning, looking for local information, because the vehicles are habitually rubbish. You know, they're yeah. just bog standard vehicles and they don't even have the kind of technology that Ewan was talking about where you can access them through your phone.
2: When I was uh, in Singapore recently, I was at the Pan Pacific Hotel. Oh, it's nice. there, And they had uh, a service called Handy which was a phone. It's an Android phone in your room that they just they provide free of charge, and you can do international calls. It's unlimited local and international calls, free from this device. Unlimited mobile internet from this device. And I'll, I'll show it to you here, which is not very helpful, I know. But, on, but you see, it's, it's a phone. It's next to the bed. And the idea is you just pick it up and walk out with it. And you, so you
1: take it, it
0: out of the hotel room? Yeah. Wow. You take it with you.
1: And it's great because you used to get these kind of appliances in hotel rooms that, you know, smart TVs or smart systems, but they used to be specialized devices. Now, clearly, it's just a commoditized Android device and the fact that you can take it out of the room. Can, actually, can, suddenly, that utility is much, much increased. Can you upgrade to an iPhone, Ewan? No.
2: <laughs> I didn't actually take it with me because I was all right. I, 3 was roaming fine with their 3 like Home, yeah. which was perfectly usable, but this would have actually given me unthrottled internet. Which yes. is really, really smart.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's a fantastic transitional product because, yes, in a few years' time, roaming will be so little of an it just issue. Really matter. yeah, yeah. But for now, it's affordable. It, it's a really elegant way to solve that to solve that problem. Uh, it's a
1: helpful yeah. reminder that it's often about being good enough. And actually, I think clipping your tablet or smartphone to the rental car is a good example of that. There are absolutely technologies in Android Auto and CarPlay that could create a much smoother experience, but. You do wonder, they almost get left behind because the product cycle of the car industry is such that, you know, getting there, it's just not worth it. And particularly in that travel environment where having it on your phone, that's, you that's know, good in enough.
2: The Drive Now cars I've been talking about, they, um, these are really nice i3 BMWs, the electric one. Very cool. They've got a lovely BMW iDrive interface that I never use, right? Because I just take my phone, I type it in, and I have Google speak at me. I don't even connect it. The, the Bluetooth audio, just because it's, it's good enough. And it's, in fact, this is way better than the navigation in the car, which I just don't have patience to go through the idiot interface.
0: Yeah, no. and, I, and I think that we, so we have a BMW, which we're getting rid of at the moment. It's time to replace it. And I've talked about it before. And we're looking at new cars. I and mean, for a first time in a little while, we're going to buy one. It's not going to be provided as a lease car. And um, we were just talking the other day, and we were looking at the price of Buying a car with that kind of sat nav feature in, and and my wife was saying, "Well, you always use Waze. Why can't we just get Waze on the the screen?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's right. Is that recently we had to do? We did a first long journey for a really long time, like a proper five-hour drive there, five-hour drive home. Like we rarely we would do journeys that long, and. The first thing I did was turn off all of the sat-nav in the car and just rely on that because the traffic and the delay information was so valuable. It was worth the inconvenience of clipping my phone up and having the small screen because, you know, it was clipped up in front of a screen twice the size that the car has, you know, which would yeah. be much far more comfortable to read. And yeah. I wonder, have we reached the point now where the vehicle the vehicle manufacturers have been so slow to add these smart features in, that the workaround, the clipping the phone into the car, is now going to become the permanent solution. And the, what you'll yep. really see is more convenient ways to clip your phone into the car. Like, we've had the smart TV equivalent of cars, and now, I don't know about you guys, when I buy a telly, I want nothing in it. I just want it to be a screen, and I'll, yes. I'll add the smart, thank you very much, yep. With from yep. my phone or from an Apple TV or something. Something like that. And I think that's the same same with with your operator, isn't it? It's the same same with operators, but also I think it's the same with cars. And it's especially the same with higher car companies where I'm not, you know, I'm actually quite reticent to plug my phone into a vehicle. You know, it's going to start downloading all my contacts and could do any kinds of malicious things.
1: I think in the car case, there is still an opportunity because of the way that the usage environment changes when you're in the car. So you need to have things that are less of a distraction than operating your full phone OS but i do agree that you know there is a missed opportunity there and you know that smarter connection between things is something that i think the travel in particular has an opportunity to address simply because it's in that unfamiliar environment and you want things to be easier when you're talking about
2: connecting things i i'm actually like the idea of connecting the airlines and hotels okay it's something i've been discussing a lot with some of these events i've been speaking at and that's where you know, you might have had a really bad flight. I went to Beijing a while ago. It was business class, which was uh, really nice. But the bed, the seat was stuck at 45 degrees. So I was, I just did my best to try and sleep. But I arrived in Beijing with a massive pain down my back and just feeling really, really bad, feeling quite sick, actually. And then I had a one-hour taxi journey in the back of some, almost, it felt like a rickshaw got to the hotel, and the lady there said, would you like a glass of champagne? Welcome. How was your flight, sir? She's <laughs> like, ah. Uh. And I said, ah, uh, I just want to go to my hotel room. And, and tell me, the breakfast is served at blah-de-blah. Blah, blah. No, I just, if you wouldn't mind. I just. And how are you? Welcome to the hotel. We'd love to service you. We're here to help. <laughs> you know, that kind of really, really, and she was doing her full-on, she was uh, excellent English, really excellent English. Would and she love to
0: service you? Welcome, I'm your member. Would you like to join our... Yeah. I'm sorry what? to interrupt but it reminds me, we recently checked into a hotel for a night away and we got the full works that you were talking about there. And she said, let me show you to the lift. And literally came out from behind the desk and went, there it is, there. <laughs> like, you're standing in front of it. <laughs> it just like, so, and we were very much like, we are so late for the party, we need to go. And I was like, and here's the lift, and I'll press the button for you. This is and, but- yes. now, uh, what, what the
2: hotels don't have is any information. And context. Is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. No context, even if they were able to have some kind of, Red, amber, green status, you know. Well, my I face is normally
0: that, that, you know. like. Red. Yeah.
1: And we're, we're so used to mobile services contextualizing the experience yeah. for us and being intelligent, using the device smartness. Why can't that intelligence be passed across? And I think that kind of agency is what we see next. And, you know, that can come from booking as well. You know, when you book a flight, the chances are you probably want to do a hotel at the same time, but it wants mm. to be somewhere, you know, with the timings supplied, probably with some preferences for what you like as well. And I do think that kind of automation is something that can come into... The
2: industry a... needs to fix that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because even if you're buying the hotel and the airline, they don't, they're not they don't allowed talk. to, and they don't speak to each other at the moment.
0: And I really want to mock you for first world problems. Like, you know, I my business class seat wasn't quite comfortable enough, and then the lady in the hotel was too nice to me. But, you know, sort of when I finished doing that, I think, well, we keep raving about City Mapper in London, which is a multi-mode journey planner. And mm. every time I see that, I think why is it so hard to do multi-mode journey planning for bigger trips? You know, why can't I do that kind of get in my car, drive to the airport, park my car, get in the plane? And do all of that, and you see, is when you get into the long distances and lots of different modes, it gets really hard. But it's also mobile is the perfect way to do that because you're there, you can guide somebody along the journey. But those services would be the kind of join up that you're talking about, you know, yeah. by by having some kind of interaction with an app like that. It it would know that yeah. I was on the fifth flight of the day, I'd had three mm. layovers or whatever, and so you know you would add that context in. But also, it would allow me to, you know, like for example, TripIt, which we've recommended time and time again, and there there are other services like TripCase and things WorldMate. as well. WorldMate, but they record that information after the fact. But mm. actually, I wanted upfront to be able to construct the journey, which is going to be least onerous as well. So it's a, a part of my. I, I, first of all, I plan it, then I'm guided through it.
2: It's a great upsell opportunity as well. I arrived in another hotel, and you know, I sometimes do these speaking engagements, and there's, sometimes there's, roll up, um, tell everyone
0: they're wrong, eat the dinner, and go home.
2: Well, they they booked it at a very, very, very nice hotel in, uh, in Sicily. And I was there waiting to check in. And I'm the player, I'm perfectly happy. Stand at the back. I was waiting for a proper customer in front of me, a very, very, very wealthy individual who walked up to the a reception desk. And he was given the full on, you know, oh, here's your, you know, click, click. And the you know, the glass of champagne arrived. All the guy wanted was a phone charger. The first thing he said is, I don't, have you got a phone charger? And I knew this because he'd standing in front of me and I could see his, the battery was going. And he, was, he was cursing because he was trying to chat to someone. And it was a really important messaging conversation. And then his phone did that Apple screen, boom, gone, dead. Yep. And I thought, oh dear. And I, I thought, should I offer him my battery? But then he got served. And he said, have you got a phone battery? The lady said, yeah, one minute, one minute. Welcome to the blah, 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 blah. And she's busy doing the pitch at the guy. And I could see him thinking, I just don't want this. I want to get to my room and I want a phone I, I'm in the middle of a really important conversation would you like a glass of champagne here comes the chat the guy brings a champagne and he just wants to check it he wants to get get over and he no. wants he doesn't want the champagne
1: and so that personalization of services which is something again we expect from mobile it doesn't happen because it doesn't have that contextual information the link between the two so I think for what happens next in the travel industry it will be really hard to do but bringing in that kind of um Connectness, all that seamlessness of the journey through, you know, from leaving the house to arriving at the hotel and yep. everything in between. I mean, we've seen the likes of Emirates and Virgin try and do that by providing chauffeur-driven limos and that kind of thing. But there's an opportunity to take that not just to the high end, but to the the mass market as well. A lot you of what, that my... is about automation. It's about agency bringing that in, and I think it does probably require quite a bit of intelligence. And it will come first, you know, through wait, the like. Light- wait a
0: minute,
2: wait a minute, Mister mm-hmm. Apologist. Unskill. Unskill!
1: Un Thank you for um, that. I, I, I love day-ish. the
0: fact that we're now... What's the thing when you're more than monolingual, but you haven't reached bilingual? Like, you know, you, I, you've got a very really poor grasp of second language. We're that.
2: It is simple, Rafe. And so I, I, I see where you're going from a complex standpoint. But also what my local taxi firm does is they say, look, it looks like you're coming to Keith Airport. You're probably coming in on a flight, right? You know, would you like to give us your flight number? Yeah, and then and so I give them the flight number, so they've got context,
1: right? Yeah. Why is why and they can then decide to be early that. or late?
2: Yeah, it's because they go, oh, he's he's massively delayed. Don't worry about it. The hotel doesn't ask for that. So you're right that ideally you want this to be, you know, APIs all over the place, completely straight through processing. But do you know what easiest thing? What flight are you getting?
1: Yeah, and there's a transition period where you can do it in a manual way. In the yeah. future, absolutely, you would be able to kind of grant access to that information. And it's interesting, you know. A hotel expects you to hand over your payment and your home address details and, and stuff like that. Having a little bit more and having something control that agent. And that's, I think, where the, you know, the virtual assistant agency we yeah, were you talking think about BA in a previous episode, that doing, comes in.
2: Right. BA should be doing a deal with Hilton or some hotel chain. You know, the big ones should be getting together going, hey, you're a BA customer and we know you bought a hotel through us. And we, it's a Hilton. Would you like us to pass your information to them or not? So they can customise your experience. uh,
1: Although you, you know, quite rightly identified the Amazon Prime now as solving your pain point, you can imagine that if BA had sent the information to the hotel saying he's lost all his stuff, if they arrived at the reception desk and they handed you over a full wash kit and some details of where you could get some more clothing, that would have been a fantastic experience for you.
2: I should have arrived and ideally... Now, what was really interesting is I got off the flight and BA sent me an email. My wife had phoned me and said, have you seen the BA email? I said, No. No, what email? Oh, your bag's lost. So that's actually how I found out. Wow. I then went to the right? Because they sent me an email. Very smart. Yeah. But so it would I-
0: be nice if they connected me to the hotel and blah, blah, blah. I think I got an email from BA saying, um, we're sorry that your arrival was delayed or something, but of course they sent it to me whilst I was in the air, so I wasn't able to get the email until it landed. (laughs) So we're really running out of time, but just very quickly, we veered towards the high end and that's probably because that's where there's money to play with new ideas. But You know, most of the travel that I do is on a boring train backwards and forwards to London. And most of the European travel I do is on a very cheap Ryanair flight, you know, bargain basement from a horrible airport. You buy
2: anything online. uh, Sorry, when you're flying.
0: Whilst we're actually in the air, do you mean? Yeah. Rarely. But what I was thinking there is that the reason that I hate that Ryanair experience and that budget airline experience is that sense of, gotcha like you know we put you in a place where you have fewer choices and now we're going to charge you more you know you forgot your boarding passes right we're going to charge you an unreasonable amount to reprint them your bag weighs a kilogram too much we're going to charge you an unreasonable amount because at that stage you either exit the transaction completely or you yeah. you, you pick up the additional charges and i'm really looking forward to the point where businesses see the opportunity to help you when you have problems but for the simple stuff like you know the bit of extra baggage or the rescheduling of flights. I mean, I, I would, I, I'm, you know, I'm making this up as I go along now, but I would love the ability to be on the train knowing I'm going to miss my plane because the, the train has been delayed and to sort of offer a marketplace of who's in the airport right now that could take yeah, my ticket exactly. and I'll swap yeah. my ticket with you or something like that. Or even as simple as we've arrived in the airport and we've remembered that we haven't sorted out presents for our host when we land. You know, we never, yeah. we, we sometimes will buy like a bottle of wine in the airport to yeah, say yeah, thank yeah. you but I'm, I'm short of time. So like, how can I have something waiting for me at the, at the arrival airport, like a, a bag with a bottle of wine or something like that? And it's not really massive... Cool expensive transactions. And it's not a new business because there's already businesses in the airport selling gifts and duty just free. just connecting it. It's isn't just it? about adding a relatively small thing that because it's quick and cheap, you can sell to me at a time when it wouldn't have been convenient to otherwise.
1: And what I would add to that is that sense of self-service is absolutely right. I'm quite happy to do it myself. And that makes the economics of it quite feasible. But I would also like to see a certain amount of intelligence about when you're nudged about those kind of things. And that's again what mobile is absolutely ideal for you're talking about missing a plane all those kind of real-time exchange absolutely but also do everything you can to make my travel experience smoother and don't make me feel like it's uh we're out to get you make it feel like you're tapping me on the shoulder and give me a really useful nudge and piece of information and i like to think that that actually offers you know a better business model because it will build in loyalty, which ultimately will lead to greater, you know, re-engagement and greater revenue the next time. And actually people may become less price conscious. It shouldn't travel at the low end doesn't have to be entirely value driven. At least I would hope so.
0: It doesn't have to be value driven, but also if you find things that lots of people want, it doesn't have to be horrible as well. Because, you know, I travel every day into London on a crowded commuter train because I have to. And because there's only one train to choose from, if I could find services that would, you know, aggregate together to get me better routes, or if the train company would prompt me with some kind of incentive to buy a different ticket, you know, I'm already using their apps and their services mm-hmm. quite widely. There's lots of ways that we can benefit, but to save a few pounds rather than, you know, hundreds or, or you no. know, sort of big transactions like you were talking about, and. Okay, we should wrap up because we have well run out of time. We should say some thank yous. We say thank you to Digit our hosts, an award-winning agency. Congratulations. What's the B stand for? Well, I, I hear that the B, you know, Digit stands for Blamford. It well, well, wasn't I'm, good I'm, the first time. It's
1: not that good the second time.
0: Just like the estate rafe, I'm going to keep saying it till it's true. Okay, we should say thank you to markaudiorangler.co.uk who's probably cut out 20 minutes of extraneous rubbish from this episode and made us sound lovely. And uh, thank you to everyone on Patreon who's supporting us financially through your sponsorships. If you'd like to support us, please go to 361podcast.com where you can find out details how you can make a small payment every month to help us with the cost of producing the show. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Ben. A pleasure as always.
0: We will be back next week, so please tune in then. Bye-bye.